Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles, yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah What's up, everybody? This is Guides with Bibles. I'm Scott. I'm Sean. And I'm Lee. And we're going to be doing something new today. We're going to be doing a segment episode. Um, We're going to be talking about three different topics and then just go on from there. Something out of our normal. So this is what we're going to try to start doing and uh, hope you guys like it. Just let us know. Alongside our study in Ephesians, of course. But yeah. Ephesians isn't going away, right? No. Exactly. Never. Never. The Word of God stands for. I was getting ready to say it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, boys. All right. So, so Psalms eighty-eight. We chose Psalms eighty-eight because it's one of it's one of my favorites. Um, I think it's one of Sean's favorites as well. Yep. Lee is more of a Psalms. What? What did you pick? Twenty-six. I was gonna, I was gonna pick one forty five. One forty five, yeah. But eighty eight's good too. I like it. I like all the Psalms really. So yeah, well, well, let's go ahead and read it, and then, um, then we'll go on. Okay, so verse one, Psalm eighty eight. O Lord, the God of my salvation, I have cried out by day and in the night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry, and my life has drawn near to Sheol. I am reckoned among those who have gone down to the pit. I have become like a man without strength, forsaken among the dead, like, a, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more. And they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest place, in the depths, your wrath has rested upon me, and you have afflicted me with all your waves. Selah. You have removed my acquaintances far from me. You have made me an object of loathing to them. I am shut up and cannot go out. My eye has wasted away because of affliction. I have called upon you every day, O Lord. I have spread out my hands to you. Will you perform wonders for the dead? Will you de- departed? Will the departed spirits rise and praise you? Selah. Will your loving kindness be declared in the grave? Your faithfulness in Abaddon. Will your wonders be made known in the darkness, and your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, have cried out to you for help. And in the morning my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you reject my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? 
I had, I was afflicted and about to die from my youth on. I suffer your terrors. I am overcome. Your burning anger has passed over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. They have surrounded me like water all day long. They have encompassed me altogether. You have removed lover and friend far from me. My acquaintances are in the darkness. This ends the reading. Oh my. So, not a whole lot of uh, happiness in that psalm, right? Right, and I, I think this this uh, this one grabs me the most. Yeah, it's mean, one of um, my. It's absolutely one of my favorites because it's real. It's yeah, it's real. It's what we we go through on a daily, what we go through every day, um, and we feel like we are just casted so far off when we are faced with troubles and and a difficult time. Um, I mean, people go through divorce, they go through financial burdens, they go through. Um, disease, cancer, and we think that God is so far off, that our prayers are just not being heard, that our acquaintances, our friends are far from us. They've been removed. The, he, he says at the end, you removed lover and friend far from me. My acquaintances are in the darkness. Everyone has distanced themselves. He feels alone, and this is what he's talking about. Um. I, I think this this speaks volumes to not only the listeners but also in our own hearts, you know. And I think we can all relate with the psalmist here that he's grieving. He is in deep, deep grief. Yeah, um, I have my Spurgeon Study Bible out, and uh, his his uh, little blurb that he's written over the very first verse of 88 it kind of covers the entire verse but uh the first verse in the csb is lord god of my salvation i cry out before you day and night and this is what spurgeon wrote on it It it's pretty good it was it was only a cry a cry as of an animal in pain or at best the cry of a child that has lost his mother i think this is the darkest of all the psalms it has hardly a spot of light in it the only bright words are in the first verse. The rest of the psalm is dark and dreary. Why then should we read it? Because some poor hearts among us are heavy. We cannot tell how many sorrowing and burdened spirits there may be, but a dozen or two may be driven almost to despair. They need to know that somebody else has been just where they are. I remember how the shipwrecked man on the lonely island and all of a sudden came across the footprints of another human being. So here, on the lone island of despondency, we can trace the footprints of another who has been there before us. This psalm is an example of persevering prayer. The man who wrote it, Haman the Ezraite, kept on praying even when he did not seem to be heard, and thus he is an example for us. So, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. It is good. And I think he hit it spot on. I mean, they're in deep despair. They, um, they feel hopeless. And and how many people do we come into contact today that feel that exact same torment in their own life? They feel hopeless, out of touch. They don't they don't understand how they're going to get out of this pit that they've been thrown in. Um, 
and they just feel like they've been cut off from God, you know? Well, and then on top of that, then it, the more often than not, those people have pressures from outside of them to not not talk about or show that they are going through that pain because, you know, so many people preach a prosperity-type gospel where you need to be happy-clappy all the time yeah. uh, no matter what's going on in your life. And if you are sad or you feel far from God, that means you've lost your salvation and you've got you've to do— you've got to get saved all over again or get sanctified or or whatever and they have no way of of so really in order to maintain your image like within your church you just need to pretend that what's going on in your life isn't happening you know if you have depression pretend you don't have depression or if you're going through a rough time financially just just don't show it and and deal with it on your own and here not only does uh Heman the Ezraite um, lay it all out, but deep in the subtext of the psalm is the fact that he trusts God to deliver him through it. And even though he's having a sad time now, he might feel like he is forsaken among the dead, like it says in verse 5, or that that God's put him in the lowest pit in verse 6. Um, we get eventually to verses 10 and through 12, which I think are pretty hopeful, yeah. In spite of you know yeah. everything around him, because God he trusts God to perform wonders for him and deliver him, because he doesn't perform wonders for the dead. And departed spirits do not praise God. He's not going to show his loving kindness to people in the grave or to uh the people who did not have faith in him and went to Abaddon, which it is a place of uh separation from God. We might it's not exactly like Sheol, but I think probably something close to it. Yeah. Um, he, so he knows he has faith in God. He trusts God and he loves God. And God is going to deliver him because he isn't a separated person, a spiritually dead person, we might, we might say. You know, he's under the covenant. He's a believer. And God is going to deliver him, and he's going to hear his prayer. That's why where he says... Um, in verse 1, like you said, Sean, where it says he's cried out day and night, and he knows that he's been heard, so he's going to keep talking. Yeah. Yeah, and... You know, if, and, you, think, if you think you're not being heard, you're just going to stop. Yeah, kind of, and just to add, like, verse 10, do you work wonders... The CSB says, do you work wonders for the dead? Do departed spirits rise up to praise you? In the context of this verse, he's speaking about a physically dead person, but we can find hope in this in that the spiritually dead, God does work wonders for them, right? In, in, yeah, in Christ. exactly. So, so I, I, I tend to read that into it. I tend to see Christ in, in verses 10 through 12 right there. But in the, I also know it, the actual context of the, the psalm is a physically dead person that has, you know died in unbelief god does and, and not work to, wonders gone to a place right. of separation right like like shoal but the spiritually dead who are separated from god do have hope and uh that's something that we always need to yeah. have is hope in christ while, so. while they're still breathing right yep there, there's always hope yeah that's um that's all i have to say about that <laughs> this is a this is a great psalm it is it's it's a uh, like like 
like me and Scott said, it's it's real and uh, it's something that people it's something that people need to know that it's okay to not be it, you know life's not all like gumdrops and belly rubs all the time so mm-hmm. nope it's not I can confirm and it's this psalm always reminds me of Job it sounds like something Job would say it's very Joby yeah <laughs> Jobish it is well you know and I think if anybody who uses um liturgy in their prayer and devotion times i've seen um verse 13 several times uh where it says to you but i i O lord have cried yeah. out to you for help and in the morning my prayer comes before you yeah i've seen that in several morning prayer liturgies and i think that's a really good pearl to take out of this because the whole the whole point of this thing is that yes the believer cries to god for help and um and he or she prays at all times of the day. And there's something very particular about the morning prayer. I think that's yeah. significant. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and many, it happens to be the, the prayers the, I skip. And these are, these could be people in the congregation that set, set in front of you so that you're teaching, you're ministering to, or you're setting beside. Um, it reminds me of like what Pastor Walter Marshall was going through um, back in the 17th century when he was grieving over his congregation um, because they were constantly trying to attain this holiness type, type of aspect, and it it was impossible for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he goes on, he goes, he says, grieving as he wrote these words, people in his church were despairing that they would never, that they would ever obtain the spiritual maturity and victory for which they longed. Despite their continual striving for holiness, they felt themselves unable to escape sinful habits and patterns of thought. Their despair was becoming more acute as they realized that years of battling, praying, and becoming and grieving over sin did not seem to break their bondage. Sin had not become less troublesome in their lives nor less burdensome to their hearts. Those for whom Marshall was concerned believed themselves forever bound to passions and habits that marked them as spiritually destitute. No religious formula or personal discipline had brought the victory over sin that these desperate souls craved. Persistent failure to the scripture requires and their own hearts desired had become spiritual torture almost too painful to bear. Were there no answers? Was holiness a mystery without resolution? With deep love for his people, the 17th century pastor answered with the gospel mystery of sanctification. This is a book that he wrote, actually. It was a sermon that he preached as well. Um, and he goes it on. It is a mystery. It, it, sanctification it, really yeah, is a mystery. It, it's, it's very... <laughs> When you have a congregation that is constantly falling falling back and unable to be assured of their salvation, um, we have to look at what are we doing? Are we teaching them? Are we preaching the gospel? Or are we preaching them um, how to be holy? You know, how to act mm-hmm. like holy people? Or are we leaving out the main the main substance to the whole mixture, which is the gospel. And that's where he goes. He goes, he goes, Paul says, remember the gospel that was preached to you. He told the Corinthians, he told Galatians, he told 
everybody to remember the gospel which was preached to you by them that was preached to them by Christ, you know. So, I mean, we have to keep falling back to the gospel. Um, right, you don't, you don't grow out of the gospel. You never do. And a church that says, oh, well, we're all believers, we don't need the gospel, that's a church or, that... Or once you're I, sanctified, once you're in the church, you're in yeah. the army now, like Furtick yeah. said early on. This church isn't for you. I think it's that's kind of backwards. Yeah, and I think you're, believers gonna, you're need setting people up for failure. You're right. Yeah, and I think I think people in the church can become spiritually deprived, and they can be they can spiritually depress themselves. Oh, um, for sure, you know I've lived I mean? that. Yeah, and I think I think what I used to call it was a spiritual fog when you felt like you were reading and not getting anything. You would be Absolutely. in the Word, not understanding. You'd be. In the sermon, listening, and you feel like you don't even know what this guy's talking about. It's not having any effect on yeah. you. You're not yeah, getting. You walked any... away from that sermon, and you don't even know what he said. Yeah, and and that's it's not the sermon. You were you were in despair, and you need to find you need to fall back to your sanctification and find out why have I forgot the gospel? Why did I forget mm-hmm. that? Christ saved me in the first place. And this psalmist, even though he he didn't have Christ at the time, he knew and continually poured out his heart, continually prayed until one day God brings him out of this darkness. I mean, it's obvious that he is given given up on all control of his own and has been, God, I've, I've, I've been praying to you. I've cried out for help in the morning. My prayer comes before you. Oh Lord, why do you reject my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? He feels hopeless. He feels like he has been completely shut out of the kingdom and he's not getting any, it's like when a, when a child has been disciplined and the, the parents are, just ignoring the child for a while, um, then they become, well, then I must have done something wrong. Mm-hmm. And it just becomes a realization factor that maybe the problem isn't outwardly. Maybe it's inwardly, you know, and we have to focus on what what is going on spiritually inside in order to fix what you're feeling, and you know, the, you know, and the fix, the fix isn't going to come from us anyway. Exactly. All the best we can do is point them back to right Christ, to the gospel, and and do exactly what Hemon the Ezraite was doing in this psalm, which is a heartfelt, earnest prayer to God for deliverance from his um, from his troubles. Right. And that's the, that's the only way that a heart gets healed is it has to be done by Christ. All right. Well, I think we pretty I, much. I can't fix anybody. I think yeah, exactly. I think we pretty much hit Psalms eighty-eight. And why don't we talk about our next um, segment? Bow, so, bow, bow, bow. Premium Bibles. <laughs> That's gonna be the bumper That's music. That's gonna be now. our I'm new just uh, clip transition that. music uh, from Friends. Friends. <laughs> Seinfeld. Think we can get, okay. Think we'll get We're sued good now. from Seinfeld. Nah, it doesn't <laughs> sound close enough. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, premium Bibles. Why do yes. we? Why do we keep talking about premium Bibles? Well, they're they're a beautiful book to have. Um, it, it's it's a way to. It, they're so well made. They're handmade. Um, anything hand sewn, binding, and leather covers, and it, it's it's a beautiful, really classical way to have the Word of God with you, and. Not to mention they they just last so much longer than a regular a, a Bible that you would buy from like Target or whatnot. And if that's what you have right. and that's all you can afford, that's still the Word of God, and that is still perfectly fine. But it's just th- these Bibles are amazing. Um, I don't have as many like high end Bibles as as you guys, but. Oh, I don't have very many either. Whatever. I only got four. <laughs> yeah, you've you've been uh you've been letting out your supply for a while. Yeah, I've been kind of dwindling my supply. I have I have three like high end premiums, and then I have like a, a mid range premium, and uh, and then my rebound CSB, which isn't really a premium. It's just a nice rebound uh, Bible. So. I would love to get my I'd, I'd, NET. It's rebound. close to premium. Yeah, it's just the the paper is not a premium Bible. It's not great. The, the paper is, is it's unreal. It's unreal. It's so, it's beautiful yeah. and it's it's nice and heavy and very smooth. And the paper in my rebound CSB is just it's it's okay, but uh, it's it's not as thick. It's uh, not as heavy. It's but it's it's perfectly fine. It's the Bible that I carry, and it's it's nice, but it's not so nice that I'm scared to take it with me and beat it up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I agree with with what you said, and I w- wanted to zoom in on one point, which is the durability point, and I think that's my main purpose. Probably, yeah, I think I would consider that my main purpose for why I like to use premium Bibles. Because I, if I, there's a Bible that I really like, and I and I'm reading it, I, I want to make sure that I can use that book block for a long time. Because I've had lots of Bibles in the past that I used a lot, and I really liked, and I got comfortable, and I knew where my where my critical passages were if I was in a discussion with somebody or whatever. And then the spine breaks or the cover falls off, and then you're you're kind of in trouble then. And that's not going to be a problem with a premium Bible because of that. Not only the Smithson bindings are more durable than a glued binding, but then the the cover on it isn't going to fall off because it's all tabbed in and and gl- glued down and um, edge sewn and all those kinds of things uh, that that keep that Bible intact for a long time. And especially if you are um, if you're not absolutely brutal to it. You know, it's going to it's going to stay in great shape for a long time, and, very long uh, time. And I think that is a a really nice aspect. And uh, I, in my opinion, a premium Bible is kind of like the Platonic idea of the perfect book, like the book. And I think it's kind of nice that you know historically, there's a pretty good argument that Christians were basically the people that if we didn't invent 
the the book, the way that we would conceive of a book now, we were the ones that kind of mainstreamed it um, in the early days. Um, so kind of as the people of the book, it's kind of nice that <laughs> that we would have, I think, the ideal setting of a book for the most important book, uh, God's Word. So we have we have many many uh, premium brands out there. Um, you have Zondervan who creates their own. Um, you have the Cambridge. They're they're very old, um, old over, school, very old school, um, very hot. Those are very very nice Bibles. Um, if you ever interested, and you can buy those on Amazon. Um, you can get those on in goatskin, which is the premium leather that you can get. It's the best, um, and they're super soft, super soft, and definitely really floppy in your hands. So, I mean, they're, they're great. They just feel like they're going to melt in your hand. And then mm-hmm. um, we also have Crossway. Crossway's been an up-and-coming um, they have definitely been improving. Yeah, their, they've they've beefed up their premium offerings in the last yes. few years, and they're doing fairly fairly decent. That's a decent mid. The study Bibles, the study Bibles always had sewn bindings, but they've really come a long way with the uh, goatskin covers. Yeah, those have really improved in quality. Exactly, and, but, and that's so much better than getting like a true tone cover or things like that because those end up like kind of wrinkling and they're staining they're in they're strange like ways crack and tearing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then and then you're just like, well, I don't want to carry that around. But it, I mean, these are designed to last a lifetime, your lifetime, and to be passed on. Um, mm-hmm. They're not the, designed to um, wear and tear like a regular Walmart Lifeway Bible would. Uh, right. These are going to last you a long time. They do cost you a pretty penny. I mean, at first they do. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. And um, so then we also have from from Cambridge and Crossway. Those are kind of your mid range um, premium binders. And then you have Skyler, um, <laughs> which is they are an amazing binder. Um, they do the double column. Um, they have their translation. They have every translation you can think of. Yeah. Well, and they're unique because their their book block is entirely uh, proprietary to their brand. Yes. So you won't see those pages in any other any Bible other out Bible. there except a Skylar yeah. Bible. And, and I love their their layout and format. Yep. And the and, only and the, other the only other premium that I may ever buy is when Skylar finally comes out with the CSB, which they're working on right now. I might have to buy yeah. a Skylar CSB. But other than that, I think I'm pretty much done buying them. But Yep, and then the final my and Skylers. most premium, the the top dog, I in my opinion, is I, I'm, the I'm R. Right. L. Allen. Yeah, I'm right there. R. L. Allen. I don't think you can go any any better of a choice than with an R. L. Allen. The R. L. Allen. I, the only is thing I'm the only amazing. thing I miss with my Allens is I love on the Skylar Bibles that they have the Jerusalem cross stamp yes, on on that. the front cover. Um, but you know the Allen Bibles uh, are are so plain looking compared to the Skylers because they don't have any hubs on the spines or anything. The spines are kind of um, sedate on a on an Allen Bible, 
know, very simple little little um, indents. Yeah, you yep. know, just for little sections. But um, boy, are they they're beautiful Bibles. They are, and they got an amazing yap. And when we say yap, it's the leather overflow. Uh, um, over the gilding on your Bible, so it's it's a protective. Um, it's where the leather it, o- folds it overhangs over. over the edge of the pages. Yeah, hangs over the edge of the pages, and it has that nice fold. And I mean, oh, it's just so beautiful. It's it, it's a nice protection for your gilding. That way, your your gold gilding doesn't get all marked up and and damaged. Um, yeah, one drop of water will just ruin it obliterate it yeah and i'm sure people have found that out um but anyways in my premium bibles i do write in my premium bibles um i write in them i highlight in them they have 36 gsm paper which is nice and thick they can handle it they can handle the pens they can handle the highlighter they can handle just about anything you throw at them and they're gonna take it um you won't get the same effect that you get when you write in your premium Bible, as you did in, like, say, um, a John MacArthur study Bible, um, where the pages kind of wrinkle in once you put a highlight to it um, or write in it. are going to stay stable. Yeah, it's going to stay stable, and it's going to stay nice and clean. Um, my Allen And it, S- it, is, it is thick for Bible paper. Like, yeah. it's not going to be like a, like a notebook or, or something, but... But it, that is some excellent, excellent Bible paper. Yeah, it's it's where you don't have a lot of ghosting. And when we say ghosting, it's where you can see the letters on the back of the page. If you can read the letters on the back of the page, then you have terrible paper. <laughs> but, can confirm. Yes. So, the top dog, Allen, hands down, my opinion... Um, My favorite Allens are the uh, the Nasby readers. Yes. Yeah, and I I They're... have a I have an Allen uh, personal size uh, ESV which is bound by Ludlow. Um, and I Lee, I got this from you. Yeah, you did. And it's a beautiful little Bible, but it's a it's a single column. It's more of like a, a reader style. And mm-hmm. then I have my Allen black silver or yeah silver line uh that i got from scott because i'm i'm a and uh it is absolutely beautiful it's it's i love that that edition the thing that i like about the allen text block is in the new testament when they quote the old testament it's all in capitals (laughs) and it just it makes it stick out in a, yeah, that's in a huge a, selling point for the in NASB. a different way. Yeah, and plus it's the NASB is a uh, it's set up verse by verse, so it's very easy to reference passages. Yeah, and, and it capitalizes the he. Um, yeah, the, the all the yeah, personal the pronouns, pronouns divine, for God. divine pronouns. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, it's huge it's selling point in my opinion. Big, and if you want. The new readers are verse by verse, but they're double columned. Um, if you want a single column verse by verse in the Allen, you have to find the NASB SCR, which is very hard to come by. Um, but they're out there. You can just look for them and you'll find them. Um, they're just. I love single column Bibles. You're going to pay big money. So be willing to drop. 
about four to five hundred dollars. But Woo. Woo. that's why when you can yeah, get a uh, hold of a unicorn, grab it by the horn. You know, just just take it down. Yeah, and a well, lot you know, of I'm glad you me- I'm glad you mentioned price too because I wanted to mention you you talked about Cambridge a little earlier, Scott, but. Um, I have a Cambridge Clarion, which is kind of a an everyday carry type of Bible, so it's very portable. It's kind of a an odd uh, shape, though. It's kind of square, more than a rectangular, kind of how we would imagine a Bible to be shaped. Yeah, it's more paragraph um, style, reading style, isn't it? It is. It's a single column, um, and references are on the outside. But right. I really do love taking that Bible with me when I travel. Um and it only cost me, uh, you know, where most of these premiums are two hundred dollars. It I bought it on Amazon, and it cost me just a little over a hundred. I got it on sale, but it de- it's definitely way under the two hundred dollar mark. So somebody who wanted to try a premium Bible, that would be an excellent choice. Yes, very. Uh, because it's still very readable, even though it's a small portable type Bible. Um, but if you're wanting to just test it out and see what a goat skin Bible is like, that's an excellent way to start. That was the first. Sorry, Sean, you were in the middle of something. Oh, I was gonna just mention that. Uh, at least I know that Cambridge does it because I just ordered one, and uh, is they also bind other books other than the Bible. Like I just ordered the Book of Common Prayer, um, <laughs> which is which should be here Friday. Hopefully, the first one got lost and got delivered to someone else, so they got a nice seventy dollar prayer book for free that they I'm sure they just threw in the trash they're kind of like but is God um, trying to tell Pagans, me I need to man. pray but <laughs> but and it's um, funny because the box says prayer book on the front yeah but yeah Cambridge uh, I didn't realize that Cambridge had made that Bible until I saw that the the picture the the box on the picture and everything and it, it's uh I believe it's French Moroccan leather, which is kind of uh, mid-grade premium leather, I believe. So it's not as good as goat skin, but it's much better it's a, than it's genuine a leather. Skin. Yeah, yeah, it's a calf skin. So much so. better than genuine. But um, and and my favorite Bible that I carry is uh, it's a large print, ultra thin, just regular Holman CSB Bible that you could buy at Lifeway. But I had it rebound in distressed calfskin so it's that it's was not our boy a, brock wasn't it brock yeah, childers brock childers but uh for the king trading company everybody for the king trading but company it looks great i think it looks great and it's it's kind of it looks beat up because of the distressed calfskin and the more you like scratch up the cover the better it looks kind of thing but it's I don't know. It just feels good in my hand, and it's 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 a good size, and it's it's somewhat thin. And this is the one I always carry with me. I'm too scared to carry around my my little Allen personal size. I, I'm too scared to carry it around. Um, I just don't want it to get rained on or anything. And plus, I do read them at home, uh, but those are not the translations that I normally read from. I usually read from a CSB. And I try to stick with the CSB just so I get really familiar with it. And uh, but these premiums are they're wonderful, and I do write in all uh, most of them. I definitely write in my Allen reader, but I can't I can't wait I can't to be it. able to hand down 
these to my kids, you know, when I'm old and sickly and <laughs> don't need them Decrepit. anymore. Right. And what's nice is they're going to have your notes. They're going to have yeah, um, that's, and a that's, very nice Bible that was yeah. handed down. There's a lot of value in that. Yes, the heirloom definitely. quality because you know we've we've kind of lost the whole family bible thing you know that <clears throat> that really hasn't happened for a long time that that there was a one bible that was passed down through the family generation to generation and these these kind of bibles are excellent candidates for that kind of a thing yeah exactly because they really will hold up so Check them out. You can go to evangelical.com and check those Bibles out. Yeah, evangelicalbible.com. Um, we'll post a link, so you yeah, can we check will. it out. Um, also, Lee will post a link. <laughs> what books are you reading? So, moving on to the next segment. On to what books are you reading currently? Okay, who's going first? Sean, you go ahead. Oh, well, I got... I got four here. <laughs> wow. Um, I haven't started one yet, but I'm really excited to start it, so it's in the, it's in my stack here. But um, I'm currently reading, and I just finished reading right before you called me to start the podcast, Lee, um, Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners by John Bunyan. Bunyan! And it is... Have you guys read this? I have I've read not bits read and pieces of it. It is absolutely amazing. Uh, if if you don't mind, can I read like one paragraph out of it? Read it. No. Fine. Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> but uh, let's see here. I'm just gonna. It's gonna kind of just pick up, so it might not make a whole lot of sense. But just the way he writes and stuff, it's it's great. I would then add to those men's sins the sins of Manasseh. How the how that he built altars for idols in the house of the Lord. He also observed times, used enchantments, had to do with wizards, was a wizard, had his familiar spirits, burned his children in the fire and sacrificed to devils, and made the streets of Jerusalem run down with the blood of innocence. These, I thought, are great sins, sins of a bloody color. But yea, it would turn again upon me. They are none of them of the nature of yours. You have parted with Jesus. You have sold your Savior. And this whole book is... Oh, oh man. Oh, yeah. It, it just, every paragraph, like, punches you right in the face. But it's, it's, it's a, his own, in his own words, his, his conversion story and how he struggled with his sin and how for the longest time he believed that he was unable to be saved and by God's grace, he came to full understanding of it. And it's, it's, it's great so far. I, I'm maybe almost halfway through. So you, you have one. to let me borrow it. Yeah, definitely. It's great. And it has, this volume has that book and then it has a brief, uh, what is it? It has uh, Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners, the, the Pilgrim's Progress, and some of his miscellaneous writings in it as well. So, but Awesome. Right on. So, Lee, and, what are you currently reading? <laughs> oh, sorry, Sean. I'm not even that. done yet! 
well, you better hurry up. Okay, and I won't read any more excerpts, but I'm also reading uh, Orthodox Radicals, uh, Baptist Identity in the English Revolution by now, Matthew that? Bingham, and it Orthodox is... Orthodox Radicals, any good? It's so good. Vi- it's very good, but it's it's a hard read. Um, it's academic writing. It's like, very You can scholarly. tell it's a guy's thesis, but it's still really good history. But yeah, it's a really good hi- look at like a historical view of like English Baptists, and it- it's great. And then I'm reading English particular Baptists. <laughs> yeah, particular Baptists. But the only thing I don't like it is they don't classify Bunyan as a particular Baptist. Yeah. Which Pish I- posh. Yeah. And then I'm reading God, and I just started God and the Whirlwind by David Wells. Um, this was recommended to me by our pastor. And uh, so I went ahead and ordered one. And it is so far really good. Uh, but That's on my list, but I haven't started it yet. And then the one that I haven't started that I really want to get, once I finish some of these up, I need to get those done is getting the garden right by richard barcellos so i which is all about adam's work and god's rest in light of christ so i can't wait to get into this one but i need to finish the other three first (laughs) that's the problem yeah i keep accumulating books i know big issue that's a huge issue yep but that's it for me Cool. I'll go next. Um, I am very close to finishing J.C. Ryle's A Call to Prayer. Um, it's a very small book, but it's taken me a while to get through it, number one, because I don't, I just have very little reading time anymore. Uh, but then also, it's just been a heavy read. It's a very convicting read about uh, um, calling out reasons why we don't pray and the implications of Christians that don't pray mainly because it's a pretty, it's a scary indicator that um, you could be a false convert. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, it's like really convicting, very convicting. When I read uh, Holiness by J.C. Ryle, I, Mm -hmm. like, there was a point where I was, like, questioning my salvation. (laughs) He's an Anglican Every time I read J.C. Ryle, I I question my salvation. I'm like, oh my god! He's an intense dude. Really, <laughs> dude, super I bet, intense guy. I bet his congregation just came fearfully, and they're like, "We better go to church today." <laughs> yeah, probably did. He's having Bible In study tonight, and we're way. going. We're going. <laughs> we're all gonna look. So like I'm sinners. almost done with that. Um, it is really good. Um, I bought a really cheap version on Amazon that I do not recommend because it has uh, typos out the wazoo. And then it's weird in the back, uh, it keeps recommending books by one particular indie author. So I'm like, uh, I would have picked it, I would have bought a better one. But do they have a better copy on Banner of Truth? They probably do. I, this one was like three bucks on Amazon. So I just, I just tossed it in my cart one day. I regret it, but still, it's, it's not bad. Uh, it's a good book. You just got to get an authorized version. So send it, send it to me. I want to get it. Okay. I will. Um, um, and then my next read that I'm currently going through is uh, Albert Moeller's book on the Apostles' Creed called The Apostles' Creed. I have um, that book, and I need to start it. 
it's very good. And he, of course, he's an excellent writer anyway, and he's super analytical. So he's going through it essentially phrase by phrase and uh, exegeting it. So there's lots of scripture references that he puts in the main text. It's not even like a reference in the text or a footnote. It's just right there on the page. So it's super easy to look at the grounding behind each phrase. And he's just an excellent communicator. So it's it's a good book, and I'm taking it slow because this would be the kind of book that I would probably just read really quickly. But I want to I want to take notes, and I want to uh, really understand it, absorb uh, it, because I want to beef up on my um, I want to beef up on the creeds myself. It's just kind of one of my one of my goals is to know those better because in my background I just I've never focused too much on on. Uh, creeds and confessions so i'm trying to get better with that um so that's excellent and then the last book that i'm in right now is uh learning to love the psalms by robert godfrey and that's a great book too really good uh he's super knowledgeable about the psalms uh he was actually saved in a psalms singing church so like an exclusive psalmody type church and uh, he's very in tune with the Psalms and almost like on a molecular level. And uh, it's, it's, that's been a really great and helpful book. He's also an excellent writer. Awesome. That's, that's what's on my shelf. Right on. Scotty. What are you reading, Scott? So I am currently reading Holiness by Grace, Delighting in the Joy That is Our Strength by Brian Chappell. Um, currently having to read that through a class, but I mean, so far it's a great book, great read. I definitely recommend it. Um, and then I'm also reading Form for the Glory of God, Learning from the Spiritual Practices of Jonathan Edwards. Um, and that's by Kyle Strobel. Great read. If you want to sit down and read a book, this would be the book to sit down and read. Um, and also, okay. This is this is a totally random question on ahead. that. Did they talk in there about his journaling method? Yes, it's actually. In How chapter, interesting is that? Dude, is that his idea? journaling method is amazing. I would. I wish I had thought of that a long time ago. Um, on YouTube, Matthew Everhard did a little that, video yes, about it. Which he does is what, a whole video about, about it. it. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to link that, link to that too. Yeah, because yeah, that's I'll, a great journaling a tip. I love it. I'm Oops, re- I'm really interested in that actually. That's. I'll send you the link first, Sean. I, yeah, I, it's, it's I really feel cool. very special. And he also shows you uh, Matthew Everhard shows you how to write into a Cambridge wide margin Bible, um, and how to journal in it properly. Dude, it's cool. amazing. Dude, the guy is a genius. I'm glad that he's back up here in Pennsylvania instead of down in Florida. So cool. He's he's back to being a Yankee. Yeah, he's back up here. For the glory of God. He was in Ohio for um, two months before they went to Pennsylvania. And I, I can't remember where they moved to. But anyways, it's not important. But, solid um, dude. Solid dude. Um, I'm also reading its uh, Foundation of Spiritual Formation. Um, it's a community approach to becoming like Christ by Paul Petit. Um, good read. Not one of my favorite reads, but I mean it's a good read. Um, it's definitely, definitely uh, an academic book, um, if I must say. So, 
Yeah. Um, I'm also currently going through Systematic Theology by John Frame. Um, I'm kind of going through his his Systematic Theology book, seeing where he lands. And, you know, and so far, the dude is a solid guy. I really enjoy him. Um, he has some great outlooks and... I think I think he's solid. I think he's really good. Um, he's definitely I've heard some uh, good stuff about that one. Yeah, he's definitely a step up. But if you want to upgrade from Wayne Grudem and you want to get yeah. away from his uh, funky theology, this guy is the guy to go to. Him and Michael Bird. If you go to my, his name's Michael Bird, and the dude is phenomenal. Um, read their their theology books. They're great. Um, I think Michael Bird's is called Evangelical. Watch Michael Bird videos because he's oh, yeah. got a great accent. Dude, he's he's from Cambridge, so um, that's where he does all of his teaching. So, and I think John Frame is from the same place around that area. Um, he's European descent, so somewhere in that area, that's where he's from. Um, but dude's 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 phenomenal. He's great. I love his stuff. He wrote a book on Daniel that I read. Um, it's how to how interpreting Daniel and uh, how it flows with revelations and all that. So yeah, that um, would be handy, dude. It's that's it's confusing. Fu- book. It's phenomenal, and it's it's like such a confusing book. But you finally he he makes it easy. Um, and he started out as a math professor, um, which is crazy. So hmm. yeah. Definitely pretty cool. Um, What's so wrong with math, man? Him, uh, because I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> it was not one of my spiritual gifts. <laughs> man, I tell you what. So speaking of math, anyways. So my daughter brings home her math a couple weeks ago. And I swear, I looked at it and looked at it. Oh, it's I'm confusing, like, isn't it? I'm like, what? Do they want? What do they want? You have to draw what boxes? I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I was like, whatever happened to simple math stacked on top of each other? Nine plus nine. You know? Yeah, I'm it's like, done. it's gone. They're it's like, gone. show your work and write a paragraph about how you how you how came, you came to, the to solution. that solution. I'm like, they were just happy for me to get the right answer when I was in school. They didn't care how I got it as long as I got the right answer. Right. I Man, do everything in my head still, so I don't show work. And they have this weird thing. It's called doubles, doubles, or whatever. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and they have you adding one to odd, odd layouts. So, like nine plus eight, they have you adding the one to the eight to make it nine. So, at nine plus eight, you get what is it? Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> See what I mean? See what I mean? See what I mean? Dude, I almost flunked my stinking. Uh, what was it, the class I had to take for my bachelor's? Uh, it was a. Uh, it had to deal with Excel, and uh, I can't remember what it was. I love um, Excel. I live in Excel. Shoot, what what statistics? Statistics. Oh, okay. oh yeah. 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 So I had yeah. to take statistics for my uh, college entry math or whatever, dude. I almost that was almost the breaking point of me just bowing out of college <laughs> it was terrible see, like, I was like yep this is gonna do me in this is it <laughs> and see like i took statistics but i having a science degree i i did a lot of like chemistry and organic chemistry and 
uh, physics and that kind of math application, which isn't quite the same as, you know, statistics and business math and all that stuff. And, uh, it's, it's weird because I'm, I'm great at physics, but when it comes to statistics, I'm horrible. Like I, I can't, I'm not that good at it, but I, I've strange. never worked Excel. I thought Excel was created by the devil. I was like, <laughs> this is definitely Satan's, Satan's doing. I, I swear it is. Cause how dare you? I can't remember all the algorithms or whatever they have to program in to get yeah. such and such and put a dollar sign here parentheses here <laughs> blah 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 here i'm like dude this is for the birds there is no the way best thing in life oh it's man the best. if i had a job i'd be fired <laughs> my i told my wife i said if if i didn't pay good money for this computer i would have smashed it to pieces <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, Scott, do you have a question? So, where do they find us? <laughs> well, they can find us at guyswithbibles.com. That's where you can read the blogs, and you can also get the podcast audio. Uh, but you should also check us out on your podcatcher app of your choice, Guys With Bibles. Um, we're also part of the Bar Network, and so while you're looking us up in your podcatching app, you should also check out our brother and sister podcasts on the network. So that's, of course, The Bar, um, which is an interview-style show uh, weekly. You should also check out Just Thinking, Truth and Fire, Pastor Discussion, and Mario Esco Live. Uh, and then you can also find us on social media on Twitter and Instagram, at Guys With Bibles. Uh, we have a Facebook group. You should search us out, Guys With Bibles, on Facebook and click Request to Join, and we'll get you in there. And then you can also email us directly at guyswbibles at gmail.com. Boom. And we're Guys With Bibles, and we're out. We'll see you guys later. Bye. No, you won't. It's a podcast. <laughs> Don't you argue. <laughs>